Chris Now throw your hands in the air And wave them like you just don't care And if you like fish and grits And all that pimp shit Everybody let me hear you say Oh yeah Yo, 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 it's the Minnesota Sports and Variety Show. We got opinions and now we got a platform. I'm your host, Eric Grady. Uh, co-host David Zeller will be joining us here shortly. Um, just wanted to uh, start with some exciting uh, Vikings update. Um, big game against the Saints coming up in a couple of days here. Um, really, I mean, this season has been such a roller coaster up and down. We were so excited about the uh, couple wins in a row we had going there, three wins in a row. Uh, Kirk wins again and then gets knocked out for the season with the Achilles. think uh, Jaron Hall is going to start speculating on who the starter is going to be. And then, you know, Jaron Hall goes three and out in his first drive. Um, it ran the ball for about eight yards, come up a couple yards short. Second drive, he goes for a real long drive, 74 yards. Um, did a really good job of climbing in the pocket, I thought. And uh, second and goal, threw a bit high to Hawkinson. And that was a really uh, tough incompletion because the very next play, he ran on third and 10, and he got knocked out at the one, um, kind of a double hit. And it wasn't – I don't think he really got knocked out on the actual hit. It's when his head hit the turf. And then um, we had to settle for the field goal on fourth and one. And there were just a bunch of field goals in this game. But then it was like, oh, no, uh, what are we going to do? And we had picked up Josh Dobbs from the Arizona Cardinals. And, um, you know, just only knew a little bit about him coming in. He had started seven games. He did beat the Cowboys. But, you know, not not putting up crazy numbers. I think he was 19th in the league in QBR or something coming in. So, but but it was it was a name. It was somebody. It was, you know, better than nothing. So, um it, right away, though, it, it went horribly wrong for Mr. Dobbs. He got a uh, really bad safety on a three-man rush. Um, and then, uh, again, um, we also uh, – we also he also fumbled the ball uh, three times. We were covered once. One of the fumbles really wasn't his fault. He kind of was – knocked it out from a blind rush but one fumble was pretty pretty bad by him um he was scrambling and he, and he fumbled but the defense had a huge goal line stand uh just massive they also had a penalty that brought him back uh to the five yards but um uh one thing uh, me, me and my brothers joke a lot about kickers because we've been trying to disband uh kickers in fantasy football for a long time and um this kicker was available in a lot of leagues, um, Young uh, Young Ho Koo, and he is like the highest. They flashed a little uh, graphic that he's the highest field goal percentage in the league, and I think in his for career after Justin Tucker, the famed Baltimore Ravens kicker. So it's just kind of funny that you know uh, fa- fantasy football is kind of dumb for kickers. It's very hard to know where like a drive is going to stall out and somebody could get a long. Uh, field goal which is worth you know five or six points so it's really from year to year um it's pretty much there's not a lot of correlation of who's going to be a a good kicker so anyways um uh (laughs) josh so josh jobs came in immediately got the safety settled down a bit um he you know as everybody has known you've probably read this you know heard this a million times if you're at all a vikings fan but he was here for five days he barely knew any of the plays. I mean, the guy is a, a you know an aerospace engineer. Um, he was an ex extern for the for NASA, so he's very very bright guy. But you can only pick up so much in five days. So KOC was basically describing the plays to him. Like on your left, you've got you know a post route. Look for the out route on your right. You know, do you see the double high safeties? Whatever running running back on the wheel routes, your safety outlet. Whatever. So he's kind of really 
coaching him a lot more than probably would annoy a lot of just starting quarterbacks in the league. But since he didn't know the plays, um, he did that for him in his headset. So in KOC being um, a quarterback himself and uh, really, you know, knowing uh, a lot of being an offensive guy and a, and a quarterback's coach and a, you know, a quarterback himself, he was really able to do that for him, which is, you know, really great uh, skill to have in that moment. So anyway, uh, game progresses. They also knocked out KJ Osborne this game. It was pretty dirty, um, high, low helmet to helmet. I thought Atlanta had a pretty, um, they're, they're pretty playing, playing pretty fast and loose with some of the, uh, some of the hits they were making. So he, he was able to walk under his own power under the cart. So that was a good sign. Um, we continue to not be able to run the ball really at all. Um, only our, our quarterbacks, I think, um, had 66 yards. Um, and most of that was, uh, was Mr. Dobbs had some amazing scrambles, but I think, um, our other two guys only had, uh, I don't know, 30, 40 yards each. So we wouldn't have gone over 100 without the, uh, without the quarterback. Um, really, um, and Cam Akers was really the only one that was getting any, uh, breaking through, breaking any tackles. Um, you know, Madison just, he just goes down on contact. We were 31st in the league in our, in our running game. And, um, you know, so I think they're going to have Ty Chandler supposed to be taking some more reps here. Um, that would be good. Kenny Nwangwu just, you know, couldn't get out on the field at all. So I don't know. I don't know why our, our I don't, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of holes there either. So it's not like there's these massive holes that we're missing. Um, you know, you got to be able to juke some guys and break some tackles, but also the line's not really opening up any holes either. So but we really need to get a running game going, you know, especially with the younger quarterback. Yeah, he's got mobility, whatever, and he can run, but he wants to, you know, be able to keep the defense honest with with a decent running game. So I think if this team really keeps on these winning ways, the, the running game's going to have to be a little bit better. I mean, we can't be second to last in the league, right? Um, so yeah, yeah, the quarterbacks ran the ball well. Uh, Forty-four yards for Dobbs. Um, one run. It was like maybe has an amazing run, maybe twenty yards. He like wriggled out of a sure sack, and that that's one where Cousins would have been down for sure. So this guy. He's not huge, but he's big enough. He's strong, and and he's got some elusiveness to him. He definitely is uh is fleet of foot. He gets to the outside pretty quick. So I, I was impressed with his. Having only really watched him play like some highlights and maybe like one game before, I, I didn't know he ran that well. So that that was pretty cool to see. Um, Hawkinson was shook up a lot in this game. He was having a some kind of um, mid body issue, like a um, I think it was his oblique or something like that, but. Um, Hawk uh, had a really nice catch and run, about um, 8.44 left in the third. Uh, we th- we threw into the end zone, and uh, we've got guys playing wide receiver now that I didn't even know. Uh, somebody named Jackson couldn't pull it in. Uh, Vikings had to settle for the field goal. Um, it was 13-14. Um, and then Jonu Smith, uh, the tight end for the Falcons, took a wide receiver, uh, tight end screen, excuse me, 60 yards to the house. Um, we had dialed up the blitz, and it was just the perfect blitz beater. Um, the Vikings then recovered a fumble from Bijan Robinson um, after he had gotten the first down. Bijan Robinson has had a rough uh, start to the season. He was the eighth overall pick, um, first round uh, running back chosen by Atlanta, and um, it, it, and him and um, uh, Pickett, I believe they've they've had a couple of tough picks. I mean, Bijan looked. I mean, I watched all of his uh, highlight tapes from college and everything, and listened to his interviews, and he sounded like the real deal. I mean, he can still turn it around he's doing okay but I just thought this guy was going to com- be a complete stud and it's been a it's been a little bit disappointing for him thus far but I think he still has a good chance to figure it out it's only been half a season 
Um, again, Dobbs had a great couple runs, um, beautiful TD run, um, just a great two-point conversion throw to Christian Jackson again. Apparently that Jackson guy's first name is Christian. And um, then Byron Murphy, uh, senior, by the way, had a great pick. He had a phenomenal game. I'll read you some of his statistics um, later. Just, just That guy's been really playing well lately. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, then... Uh, Vikings were moving the ball well. We got another field goal. Um, we ran the ball in third and 13 to settle for a field goal, so that was kind of annoying. Um, again, Hawk was looking real nicked up, gimping a lot at this point. Um, Cam Akers was, is out injured. Just tons of injuries for the Vikings um, in this game. Uh, Tyler Heineke is not good. I noted if we lose to the him, I'm going to be very disappointed. Um, Vikings uh, got a couple first downs, and Hawkinson um, had his arm held in a third and five, but it was a, it was a big no call there. Then um, we had a bad punt, went out of bounds, out of bounds at the 19, and it's 24-21 um, Vikings at that point. Uh, Heineke has a nice 14-yard uh, pass, a nice run by uh, Bijan. There's seven minutes to play. Great tackle for loss by Roy, the, uh, the rookie, the lineman. He's been playing really well. I hope we see more of him. Uh, my neighbor was telling me about him early in the year, and I was like, well, Roy, what are you talking about? He's like, just keep your eye on him, and uh, Miguel was right on that one. Um, then a nice run by Taylor Heineke on third and eight. Um, you know, they, they were running over us pretty good at this point in the game. We're starting to get gassed. Our, our run D has been pretty solid this season, pretty solid in this game. But now it, it seems like the dams are really starting to break. Then it's just the absolute highlight reel, high point catch by Addison. Just sports center, goes up and gets it, gets the toes in. Just can't believe he caught that. Just an amazing catch. Go watch it. Uh, then it was Vikings 28-24. Excuse me. Now it's 28-24 Atlanta, 112 to play. Um, the ball gets punched out on Hawk. Uh, and then I said, what a run by Dobbs. Uh, Kirk would have been sacked there. Yeah, that, that was the real big play. This is the one that Atlanta fans were particularly salty about. I noted that it's the mic drop moment. Um, Hawk has a big catch again. Then Brandon Powell, touchdown. Vikings win. Vikes win. Um, yeah, so just an amazing uh, two-minute drill, you know, one one twelve really. Um, yeah, Atlanta fans were salty on Twitter. They were telling me that basically our entire offense relied on third and long scrambles. And, and I went back and looked at it, and that was just not true. Um, Mr. Uh, Jaron Hall threw 30 times. Um, he was 20 for 30, so he threw the ball quite a bit. And he, he wasn't always scrambling. He had third and longs where he, he stood there in the pocket and he delivered. I rewatched this game, and, 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 and that saying that he only scrambled and made these kind of real wild plays, is it's not true. Um, he only threw for 158 yards, but um, he ran, you know, for 45 yards, 44 yards or whatever. And, uh, you know, he threw the ball. He threw the ball quite a few times, so... Uh, Atlanta fans, just stay salty. Your um, your coach has a really bad looking mustache, and apparently he's the he's a nepo baby of the um, FedEx fortune. His grandpa was like one of the founders of FedEx, so he's like a billionaire. But good for him for working. I'm glad he found something that he loves because he probably does not need to work. But a uh, highlight on on uh, Byron Murphy Jr. not senior, sorry, seven targets his way. Two only two receptions were allowed for 23 yards with one int. One forced uh, incompletion, uh, 1.2 passer rating allowed in his directions. Uh, so just an, a fantastic game for him. Uh, shut down corner-like material. And uh, Dobbs goes from 19th to 17th in QBR after the win. So right, right in the middle of the league, you know, that's that's pretty solid. If you have a good defense, you can win with a, you know, a guy that's right in the middle. I mean, there was years when 
Kirk was damn near close to 16. So um, now with Cam out for the season, uh, yeah, I said the Vikes plan to use more of Ty Chandler. I think um, he's got some he's got some real speed to him, so that'll, that'll be good. Uh, I, I you know I noted again that my dad said that Dobbs was an extern for NASTA. I wonder so the difference between an intern is like you go there, so it's like an extern. I don't know. You're you're away from there when you do the work. I, I should have looked that up. But uh, anyways, the guy is uh, very smart. I saw him with a picture of a spacesuit on on Twitter, so I can can confirm that he really did that. But um, yeah, just you know, really exciting uh, Vikings game. I mean, it, it kind of reminded me of the excitement of the Buffalo game, where it came down to the end, and you know, Josh Allen fumbled in the end zone, and we won, or the the crazy comeback with the Colts from last year, where I was at the mall and everybody was the Mall of America with my kids at the uh, Crayola experience and I was watching on my phone and it was we were just going crazy with like random guys at the the checkout that were like you know at work and stuff so um, very exciting it's really made this uh, you know it's kind of the short term versus the long term like it's probably better for the Vikings to lose since this is such a big quarterback year to get that quarterback that they need but but you want to win it's like we watch these games I watch these games with my my brothers and my dad and you just in the moment you want to win. It's hard to just be like, you know, oh, for the future, we need a quarterback. Because also, even if we lose a bunch of games, we're not going to have one of the top five picks. So we're not going to have the guy that we want, right? We're not going to get Caleb Williams or whatever. So at that point, when you're on to the second, third, fourth quarterback that are picked, is there really that much, you know, more chance of you getting the guy with the second quarterback that's picked or the third or the third over the fourth? I just don't know if you know, it's kind of a little bit of a crapshoot at that point. So, um, you know, and there's supposed to be quite a few first-round quarterbacks. So, anyway, I, I I like that we continue to win. It's It's been fun, and, and sports is entertainment, and the Vikings are fun right now. So, Skull, looking forward to the uh, the Saints game on Sunday. All right, just looking at a little preview of Vikings uh, Saints on Sunday. Um, so 192 passing yards per game the Saints give up. That makes them the seventh-ranked pass defense this season. So pretty pretty good pass D. Um, Dobbs is going up uh, against the Saints squad that allows 112 rushing yards per game. That's the 17th rushed ranked defense ranked rush defense excuse me so you know it would behoove us to to be able to run the ball a little better hopefully we can um and on offense the vikings is a top five unit for passing yards i mean that's also with kirk cousins most of that time um we're second best in the nfl putting up 273 yards a game and we're 18th on defense 225 um passing yards allowed per game so the vikings are putting up uh five Point eight yards per play in offense, which is sixth in the NFL, and defensively they rank 12th, allowing 5.4 uh, yards per play. Um, so it should be it should be an interesting game, pretty evenly uh, matched teams. Uh, Do- you know, Dobbs coming in, he is passing for 191 yards per game, um, and he has passed for uh, three times over 209 yards this season. So he's not throwing for a ton of yards. We know he's gonna you know, want to run the ball. The Vikings are going to want to run the ball. That's going to be kind of key is if they can do that or not. Um, so we shall see. Uh, I saw that KJ Osborne was limited in practice today. He's questionable. Hopefully he can play. Um, 
no, no, he was a full participant, excuse me. Um, Hawk also uh, participated today. He's questionable for Sunday. I, I think he'll play, um, you know, with his um, his damage uh, oblique or whatever. I don't think it looks like we're going to see JJ again. They're taking the cautious approach with him, which I think is probably the, the prudent move. You don't want to mess around with that hamstring. I mean, he's the, the future of this franchise. So give that time to heal up. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think um, – I think if we can move the ball, if we get guys to step up on offense and defense, if we get, you know, Powell and Jackson and kind of everybody making, you know, one big play here or there, Addison, I think the offense will be okay. Uh, and then can the defense um, stop Derek Carr? Derek Carr likes to do a lot of these little short passes, and um, Brian Flores blitzes a lot. So it's kind of, I don't know, is it going to be a death of a thousand cuts or whatever if they kind of kind of just dig and dunk the ball up the field? And um, I think it's just, you know, like a lot of football games, going to come down to if they make any mistakes and if we make mistakes and do we capitalize off of them. So, yeah, just a couple more updates on the Saints. Um, after back-to-back wins, they've averaged uh, 412 yards of offense in the past four weeks, and that puts them secondly behind only the red-hot Baltimore Ravens. Um, they've been, They've been protecting Derek Carr better. And um, they they have been explosive. They've had uh, more plays of 20 or more yards, and uh, they've had more efficiency in the red zone. Um, combination of indis- injuries and an ineffective play caused New Orleans to use their sixth different offensive line combination. So a lot of uh, mixing and matching in the offensive line. Yeah, just a couple other items in, of note about the Saints. Um, Taysom Hill. Uh, is making history. He got uh, gashed the Bears' defense, it says, on uh, Vikings.com. Through the air and ground, he led the Saints with uh, 11 carries for 52 yards, and he also threw a three-yard TD to Jawan Johnson. And he also caught a two-yard score from Carr. So he became the first player since uh, Frank Gifford, the Hall of Famer, to have 10 uh, career rushing touchdowns, 10 passing, passing touchdowns, and 10 receiving touchdowns. So he definitely is a triple threat Um from that quarterback, tight end, running back position, whatever you want to call him. Um, Carr and the Saints ranked 10th in the passing game, um, 240 yards per game. Uh, Carr's a four-time Pro Bowler, um, nine seasons with the Raiders, and the New Orleans offense, uh, led by their coordinator, Pete Carmichael Jr., uh, is now has an identity of spreading the ball around all of its playmakers, the kind of Michael Thomas and that, you know, shorter passes now that he's getting older you got running running back Alvin Kamara is not quite the same running back running the ball but he's still great catching the ball and um, they got Chris Olave as their kind of their flagship receiver and then Rashid uh, Shahid I believe I saw a threat that uh, a stat that he has like averages like 19 yards per reception or some crazy stat so he's kind of their their downfield threat so um, pretty good offense uh and the, their defense terrorized Chicago last week. Um, they they forced five turnovers, three interceptions, and two fumbles. Um, Bears rookie quarterback Tyson Badgett um, was counted for four of those giveaways. Uh, so that that's going to be huge. So really, um, you know, it's going to be a, a tale of two pretty good teams, two pretty good offenses, pretty good defenses, and I think a lot of it's going to come down to to turnovers and big plays. So um, should be a good game. And moving on to another uh, disappointing team, uh, the Wild have really been struggling lately. Um, they're down to five, seven, and two for six in the Central Division. Um, 
you know, they're just they're not getting great goaltending. They're they're not generating a lot of offense. Um Cap was had a pretty slow start to the season. I know that he's picked it up as of late. I think I saw he had three goals in the last five games and I know he scored tonight, but um yeah, just just not good enough. Um they get Jared Spurgeon back, that's good for them. But um really, they've just been letting in a lot of goals and um it's just been too easy. Their defense hasn't been good enough and um yeah, they need to they need to turn it around. There's a lot of season to go, but um, they they've been disappointing thus far. On the other hand, the uh, the Timberwolves have really had a, a really nice week. Um, they had a huge win uh, for the Timberwolves puppies over the Celtics. Um, the, the Timberwolves have beaten a couple unbeaten have beaten a couple unbeaten teams uh, this season, including the Celtics, who are unbeaten at this point. Um, Anthony Edwards totally goes off for 38 points, nine rebounds, and seven assists. Um, you know, I have a friend who's a really good. Uh, Really big Celtics fan. He said, yeah, you know, Ann is a superstar, and he watches a lot of NBA. So I was glad to hear that. Uh, the T-Wolves, at that point, improved to 4-2, and two, and then they won again tonight over the Spurs. Um, I saw that uh, Wemby had 29 points in the loss. It was 117-110, um, Timberwolves. And uh, Victor Wembenyama, the super tall um God, I don't know how tall the guy is, but he looks like he's eight feet tall. He had 29 points, 12 for 21 um, from uh, for field goals. Cat had 29 points as well, 11 for 21. So good to see Cat um, shooting at a good uh, percentage because he had been shooting just woeful so far this season. Um, coming into this game, Cat was shooting 30% from two and 23 from 23% from three three. Um, he's a career 52%. Uh, shooter and 40% from three. So that means there was going to be some progression to the mean because Cat's just not this bad of a shooter. He's been in the league long enough to know that that was unsustainable. Um, one other good sign is coming into this game tonight, Cat uh, had a, a, a net rating with Gobert of 8.6. So that that's positive. That's a good sign that, you know, they're working a little bit better together than um, they did last year or that, you know, maybe we thought that two bigs could. So uh, Timberwolves going in the right direction. It's pretty pretty exciting. They said that they really want to focus on defense. We were the one of the top defensive teams in the league, and um, you know that that's I think that's really important, especially you know in the playoffs. So, you got Jaden McDaniel's, you got uh, Gobert. There was talk of could be defensive player of the year. You know the way he's playing, and so uh, good signs for the T Wolves. Uh, they also sold out their first five home games, and yeah, they have the num- they have the number one defense in the NBA going into into tonight. Um, so yeah, yeah, really, really big win down in San Antonio tonight and, um, excited for the Timberwolves, which is, um, not a thing you say that often. So, um, got Vikings and T-Wolves going the right direction and Wild and Gophers kind of going in the wrong direction. Okay. On to Sky Yuma, row the boat, go Gophers. Um, really disappointing loss. Uh, Gophers, you know, it it was a tight game the whole way, but the Gophers seem like slightly the better team and, just really couldn't pull away from Illinois. Um, man, Brett Bielema has our number. I think said he was 10 and 0 against us. And after the game, he came in and, and kind of did the PJ little dance move, like faked like he was going to crowd surf, but Brett Bielema was about 400 pounds. So I don't think he'd be, uh, be able to execute that crowd surf, but um, it was 17, 14 Gophers at the half. Um, the Gophers forced three turnovers. Uh, Tyler Newbin had an awesome pick at the end of the game um he's been you know fantastic for the gophers um playing uh tremendous cornerback and um 
running the ball with our uh, receivers out as well. Um, Illinois' quarterback got injured, and all of a sudden their backup quarterback was in, and, and it seemed like the announcer didn't even know it. And he go, the guy goes three for three. Um, he hit Isaiah Williams for a 46-yard touchdown pass with 50 seconds left in the fourth quarter and just can't let somebody get behind the whole defense like that at the end of the game. Um, Gophers got the ball back with 50 seconds, and they needed a field goal. Um, which, so it, it was possible. You know, these college kickers can kick pretty long nowadays, but they didn't even muster a first down. So, again, just a very disappointing loss. Kind of uh, season's pretty much over for the Gophers now. Sure, they can go to some, you know, pinstripe bowl or something but uh really the uh chances of winning the big 10 west are very very slim now and they still have to play ohio state just a couple of other um items of note on uh tyler newbin he is actually a safety um not a corner and uh he tied the gophers career interception mark on saturday um when in the 27 26 loss to uh the Illini, um, new, his pick in the fourth quarter gave him 12 for his career, which ties in with Jeff Wright, who played from 1968 to 1970, and Sean Lumpen, who played from 1988 to 91 uh, for first-time first all-time all at the U. Um, so Newbin basically said, you know, I don't care about that record because we lost. Um, you know, I don't care about individual records, but it is impressive for him. He's got four INTs, interceptions this season. Uh, three more regular season games, and he could, you know, in a bowl, he could set a new record there too. So um, really, really impressive season for Tyler Newbin this year, the standout safety slash running back. Variety section, variety. Yeah, so the first thing I wanted to talk about was just how crazy pharmaceutical prices are in the whole system. Um, me and my wife, you know, take a few medications. We both have kind of chronic uh, illnesses, diseases or whatever. And um, there's just so many hoops you have to jump through and it's just super frustrating. But just a lot of the financial system that works with them just doesn't make sense. Like my wife takes a, a medication that's very expensive and, you know, it's it's as much as a lot of people's mortgages are or whatever. And so, you know, there's financial assistance, whatever. It makes sense for that. But I started a new medication last month and it was like $90. Before it went through insurance, I needed a pre-approval and it was going to be like $300 or something. And I was like, no, I can't get it. And they said, well, no, you just need to get a pre-approval. It'll come down. So went back, got the pre-approval and it dropped it to 90. And I think it is the brand name. I don't know why they're not substituting it for the generic they usually do whatever but anyways um so this time i was like it came through at 90 dollars again and i thought oh man this is like pretty expensive a similar medication i used to take as this was 30 dollars in the past and i knew that there was ways to get like coupons and savings cards and stuff online so i go online i look up go to the website for the medication and it says yeah there, there's a savings card you can apply and i was like oh you know i'm probably you know, not going to qualify or whatever. And, um, but there was no like financial means test. It was basically just, um, do you have private health insurance or do you have, are you on government, you know, some sort of Medicare or government program? And I said, you know, I have private health insurance. Then it said, okay, you qualify for the safety card. And it said, you know, it could be as low as $10 or something about, it could be 10, 20, 30, I can't remember if it was percent or dollars off, but it didn't seem like it told you exactly what this savings card or coupon was going to do or whatever just said basically give them this number you go in there and then you'll find out it just felt like i was getting like 
like a scratch off ticket to go see like well, how much am I going to save at the pharmacy over here so I'm standing in line and the guy goes um I'm thinking it's going to be like ten dollars off you know like it's a usual coupon it's like whatever 15 percent off or something and you know I was going to be annoyed that the medication's 80 bucks but whatever what am I going to do you need the medication right so the guy rings it up and he goes yeah it's ten dollars <laughs> just thinking like just have a goofy system like either you pay the whole thing or like almost nothing like there's just no like sliding scale for pharmacy and like you go in to get certain drugs and they're 89 cents or you know antibiotics sometimes like dollar 50 and then you go to get this other medication that you need you know whether you have diabetes or whatever or my wife's got rheumatoid arthritis and her you know uh medications thousands a month and it's just like uh it's really, it's a really, really strange system. And I, I, I th also, this was on my mind because I saw that Amazon was getting into the, um, the, the medical, uh, game. And so, um, I, I don't know where the future of medicine is going in this country, but one of the, the goofiest parts of it is the pharmaceutical, um, costs and benefits. And I, and I saw that Amy Klobuchar was trying to, um, uh, have more rules around, uh, pharmaceutical pricing and whatnot. Uh, so that had been in the news as well. But there definitely is, it's a very, very strange system that we, we have um, in this country for our pharma, our pharmacy benefits and, and what you pay. Um, it seems like nobody ever knows how much it's going to be. You have to know all these tips and tricks and um, and you just have to do like a lot of legwork, especially if you need a specialty medicine a lot of these places whether it's the um whether it's the pbm or you know the the specialty provider accredo and express scripts and all these folks they kind of they kind of point the finger at each other of oh you know that that's their domain that's theirs and then uh you, you end up just playing phone tag and chasing these people down all the time and um yeah it's um you know, it's it's enough for somebody who's kind of middle aged to to figure it out, but I can imagine for for seniors especially, it's got to be really confusing just all the hoops that you have to jump through. And um, I, I just think it's one of the worst systems <laughs> that we that we have really, and there's a lot of room for improvement. Just a couple of quick uh, TV show touts that I wanted to um, send out into the. Uh, podcast uh, universe um i watched uh gangs of oslo on netflix um you know i just if netflix recommends something to me i usually just go with it because they seem to know me pretty well um it was a 95 percent match and i liked it um you know it's definitely not as good as like top boy or other similar um not period pieces but uh location driven um gangster shows but it was funny to hear all these gangsters kind of speak um Norwegian um, and you know I give it like I don't know like a seven maybe a seven and a half if I'm being generous and then I just started um, season two of Yellow Jackets last night so I'm pretty excited about that one um, it's one of those shows where you definitely have to like um, you know hold your disbelief or whatever the saying is um, because you know it's supernatural and kind of crazy but terrific acting Christina Ricci you know all sorts of really top-notch acting the 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 characters are very um, intricate. It's one of those shows that jumps back and forth from um, when they're younger, they're going on a, a soccer tournament and they have a plane crash in um, Canada. And uh, and then it flashes forward and, you know, one of the ladies is like, a, you know, the sen senator or some sort of politician and the various people have different, different jobs and different statuses in life, but kind of um, 
they need to get back together to kind of keep some of the things under the rug from what happened and, and kind of deal with um, some of those things that have been kind of lingering out there all these, you know, 20 years later or whatever. So it's a really cool show. Um, yeah, really, really well shot and, and acted. So I'm excited for season two of Yellow Jackets. It is on um, Showtime or you can get the Paramount Plus and add Showtime to it. So I did that for the month because there was another show on Showtime I wanted to watch also. So yeah, Gangs of Oslo on um, Netflix and uh, Yellow Jackets um, on Showtime for this week's uh, TV show recommendations. And I think that's all I'm going to do for today. Um, it'll be a little abridged episode, and hopefully we can get another one out for you um, maybe midweek after the Vikings game. Uh, and uh, skull, skull Vikes, let's, um, let's get it done. Cheers, everybody. Have a good one. Peace out. Hold your hands in the air And wave them like you just don't care And if you like fishing and all that pimp shit Everybody let me